Welcome to episode 32 of Stream of Thought and take number like 32 of this <laughs> intro. And we start out by talking about Harvey Weinstein who, breaking news, he was just fired and he's a big name in Hollywood. Victor's interested in this sort of field, so it was it was kind of interesting to break the news to him first that he'd heard about it. Then we take a 90 degree right turn into the McDonald's parking lot. Yeah, I've been eating a lot of McDonald's lately. Not too proud of it, but I have some funny stories. And nothing washes some McDonald's down like a nice conversation about guns and politics. So that's how we finish our, our episode today, by just talking about some of the national things that are going on. From the perspective of somebody who sort of has a not even a passing interest in this, and somebody who has perhaps too much of an obsession in it. So where do we meet? Right in the middle at our studio. Episode number 32, Stream of Thought. We hope you enjoy. Why are you laughing? <laughs> we, we're done. We're done. Just, we're done. <laughs> I w- I'd want to start off by talking about something I don't know if you've heard the news about, but you probably should. I'm listening. Harvey Weinstein. Does that name ring a bell yes. at all? Um, yeah, it does. Oh, who is he again? Is Tell me. It's a welcome back. Harvey. So he he's this big Hollywood figure. Yeah. Who... He, is he... I think... I want to say, does he run Lionsgate? Miramax. He start, Miramax. He, he co-founded Miramax, and then he does the Weinstein Studios. That's right. Now he's the co-owner, co-founder of Weinstein Studios. So, did you hear about what was going on? With no, the news? I don't know anything about this because this actually broke. I think while we were taping our last episode, okay. and the interesting part was that it was while we were having the conversation about. The dangers of being taken in, advantage of. of taken advantage of, and so the story broke about the New York Times dropped this huge bombshell about Harvey Weinstein's sexual advances on young up and coming movie starlets and assistants and basically anyone with tits and a vagina. Yeah, <laughs> and. So there was. It was from. I think there were eight und- previously undisclosed allegations that had been brought forward by the New York Times, and it was this really extensive reporting. And the reaction from Hollywood was really fascinating because you know, I don't know if you followed Hollywood actors or actresses' responses to stuff that someone like Donald Trump says, for example, when you when Donald Trump I had don't, to grab my actually. pussy tape. You you don't. I, I mean, don't. They, they tend to be. They tend to come out. I mean, all these celebrities. I mean, and stars it's all tend to tweet about. It's for the most part they're they're all to varying degrees liberal. Mm-hmm. You know, so exactly, exactly. It's and all the same. It, it almost tends to be the same. All the same stuff is what they they call that. And, but regardless, Hollywood makes it seem like they all these actors and actresses and producers are all very pro women's rights and pro. Um, you know, stopping sexual harassment in the workforce and all. And so the story breaks and none of them give a resp- none of them tweet out a response. None of them give any sort of feedback about their thoughts about this whole situation about 
extensive allegations of sexual harassment by Harvey Weinstein. You know why? Why? Because these people that are the heads of studios are fucking titans. That's why. So, like, the reason that people don't, that there's a whole thing of pedophilia that goes on in Hollywood, but no one ever talks about it. Yeah. People, like you said, up and coming and everything. Um, and it's pretty much essentially like, it, you know, if you, uh, and if you tell anybody, I'll make sure you never work in this town ever. Uh, Corey. And he was that kind of guy. Corey Haim. You remember in the in 1980s, um, the two Corys, they're super po- popular teenage kids. Uh, Corey Haim was one of them and Corey Feldman. And yes. Corey Haim, okay. uh, Corey Feldman's still around. Corey Haim passed away X amount of years ago, but I, I believe both of them were victims of sexual abuse. And um, Corey Feldman talks about this. And I saw it on a video, and he mentioned like, "Yeah, there's you know, but we never we were too afraid or we didn't say anything because of the fear of never getting a job ever, um, ever again." Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that stuff goes around, but people don't talk about it because, I mean, if you – someone tweets, Harvey Weinstein, you're a pig or whatever the case is, I mean, there's him and there's so many people around him that can just lay down the gauntlet and completely extinguish, you know, a multitude of resources and opportunities that are currently at or would be at your disposal in the future. Well said. I think that – uh, well, you know who you know who Ashley Judd is, right? Yes, she she was one of those people who had a undisclosed settlement with Harvey Weinstein. I was when not aware was, of that. She was up and coming. He, I forget what the specific one, but I mean it. It, it followed a pattern where he would uh, he would get naked and ask for massages from <laughs> these people, and it would escalate from there. So, yeah, I mean it's just you you hear about this, but then you, the reaction, the non reaction from everyone in Hollywood. Really, because you think about you think about all of these social justice warrior type individuals who who are very quick on the trigger to condemn actions of politicians or other public figures who commit these horrible crimes, but then are totally silent when it comes to this titan of industry. And it's just it's it's a shame. It's a real shame because I mean, it, for for me, it just shows this glaring hypocrisy that you know. Listen, listen to what I say, not what I do, mm-hmm. right? And how how can anyone how can anyone proclaim? Because his response to these allegations, Harvey Weinstein's response, was this like rambling thing about how he was how he donated a lot to Democrats, and I think um, that oh yeah, that he was very anti NRA, and that that was the important thing that that. The, the NRA lobby and all these other, you know, the media was out to get him kind of thing. And it's like, no no one in Hollywood was willing to own up to, but everyone was talking about it because you had a couple of reports from the Washington Post and the New York Times doing in-depth reporting within Hollywood talking to sources. And they're like, we're not going to tell you who we are because we don't want to be outed that way. Uh, unless everyone else sort of agrees to out, like come out yes. as one. None of them are going to speak, but they're all talking behind the scenes and off the record mm-hmm. about how this guy's a pig and how everyone knew knew that he was doing this for the longest time. Everyone knew this was going on, but no one had the balls to step up because, like you said, he could extinguish their career just by 
snapping his fingers. Um, the, did you ever watch the show Entourage? Yes! I, that's how I first learned... That was how I first learned who Harvey Weinstein was. Um, have you seen all the episodes? You've just seen episodes here and there? I've seen the whole thing. Yeah, so you know you know the wheeling and dealing that goes... You know the political side yes, of the business, all the absolutely. wheeling and dealing that goes on behind scenes, and all, the, all these little intricate pieces that need to fit perfectly together in order to make one thing you gotta happen, grease the wheels you know? in a certain way and make yeah. sure it's not over greased how many times way? you see Ari like just like in his whatever car he drives just like going nuts like so stressed out trying to just make everything work perfectly so that like Vince could get a part or get the part that he was awarded and then lost and then try and get like all this crazy stuff but yeah, yeah. you see exactly how it's not just like black and white you can see how if one in this scenario, if one huge figure in this industry is attacked, why you might be hesitant to speak your mind. Well, you know? dude, I mean, because as somebody, you yourself were inter- are interested in getting into the industry, right? Yes. And that's going to require some sort of connection with Hollywood, right? Yeah. And so you, in some level, are going to find yourself intersecting with that world at some point or another, where the where the politics will collide with your personal aspirations. But I'm also not the type that uh, publicly voices my opinion in a loud way. I never post shit on Facebook or t- tweet anything or about, Instagram. Though. What I'm talking about navigating the personal politics of the whole situation. I mean, you're going to be asked to probably do things that could compromise your moral values and if you choose and if you refuse to do that it's the end of your career i mean people could totally end your career if you cross the wrong individual and that person asks you to do something and you say no and they're like well guess what you're never doing you're never doing anything i'll tell you right away cereal commercial i'll tell you right away i am not sucking dick at all <laughs> that is not going to happen. <laughs> is that the bar? I will gladly bar? hang up the towel and walk what, what away. Little, little no, I'm not feeling. touching. I'm All not right. no tug jobs, no blow jobs, no none of that. All right. Well, <laughs> at least you have it out there. <laughs> well, but I mean, that's the thing, though, is that there, it's always that gray area because in the report it was talking about some of these young women who he asked them for a massage, and it's like. He made it seem in in the, those of those who refused to give him a, a massage, he made them feel as though they, there was something wrong with them, and ultimately that's where their careers ended. And so they they were reflecting in this reporting. They were thinking this whole time was I doing something wrong? And in their world, this is this is the way that the world works. There, I mean, people do things. And it's like your uh, pedophilia thing that you would. This isn't brought. my my. <laughs> you're, you're making your it sound thing. like I have this you're, thing going on with that. No, thing going on. that thing that I mentioned <laughs> that is. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh, let's just cut it right there. That that it's just it's the way that the system operates, and it's like everyone knows it exists, but no one's willing to challenge it because the people who are in charge of perpetuating that system will totally eviscerate you if you cross their paths. So it's like, if you ever have a hope of getting into the Hollywood arena, it could be where people are asking you, you know, you know, maybe, maybe you just rub my leg a little yeah, bit. Yeah, but like, I also well, feel I like... how bad I, that would be. I, it's I, like, oh, I, um, they're unzippable pants. I feel like, too, that 
a grown ass man is not as susceptible to that as a woman or a teenager. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that was the other thing that that I wanted to get your thoughts on too. Yeah, is that well, not so much thoughts, but yeah, as a as a guy, you don't really have too many advances made on you <laughs> concerns when it comes to being taken advantage of. I mean, really how what ways could you envision yourself being taken advantage of? You mean like... Or people in your position type. Like... Contracts. Yeah. But everyone has to deal with that. Nothing... You know, you you get the you get the least of the brunt, so yeah. to speak. But regardless, you, you got to know the personal politics. And it's like, step on the wrong foot, and who knows where that'll land you. It's a scary world. And I think that this report made me realize just how scary of a world that whole Hollywood scene really is. Because the biggest names, I mean, celebrities, you don't hear anything from, like, Matt Damon. Matt Damon's career was made by Harvey Weinstein. And he would, like, he would never say anything, you know, against Harvey Weinstein. This, the, the, you know, you don't hear, uh, yeah, I mean, you just don't, don't hear anything from That is interesting. It's like, a lot of these people's careers were made by this individual. And, uh, that's why he's been able to do what he's been able to do for as long as he has is because he's got the connections and there are a lot of people like that in hollywood a lot of superpower players but harvey weinstein as far as i was aware was like the biggest of them oh and he was just fired tonight it just broke that he was fired oh really so he's gone breaking news (laughs) should have led with that um on a more positive note well i guess not positive but not like as (laughs) heavy so I've just been like really tempted to get McDonald's a lot and it's because right by the store next to the Aldi in Wheaton mm. there's a McDonald's there and it's just I've gotten McDonald's maybe I need to count count my receipts I've probably gotten McDonald's maybe 5 times or so 5 or 6 times in the last like 2 weeks maybe Oh, really? And I'm just like, what the hell? Like, it's just so delicious, and it's right there, and and I usually don't, Convenient. I don't eat McDonald's a lot, but it's just there all the time, and it was like, today, I was like, I don't want to get it, but I already know that I am. What do you order? I order the number two no pickle, so number two is two cheeseburgers. Okay. Yeah. And I get french fries, and obviously in a drink, and... Um, you're like wasting the, your money, dude. I know. That's the thing. Is like I've, I've no. You just got to order the two ham, uh, two cheeseburgers or whatever. What? As opposed to getting the drink. The drink always tax on like an extra buck. I know. It's like who, I like the drink like, though. Just bring your own can of pop. They have the uh, two for three or three for t- no two. I don't know what. Yeah, the yeah, it's, yeah. Three. It's the two for three. Um, they have commercials for it. I know. I just. But today, finally, I, after having McDonald's, I was like, I didn't feel sick, but I was like, yeah, you know what? I'm kind of over I've it. Had, I'm kind of over it. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of over it. Well, sometimes you, sometimes you have those binges, right? Yeah. Where it's just, just craving something, craving something, and then you fulfill that desire, and you're yeah. like, yeah, I think I've had my fill. That's, I think that's pretty common with food, for sure. Because, I mean, I was, back in, in seminary, I would always just make these week-long meals of just... It'd be really delicious stuff. It'd be, like, pot pie mm-hmm. or, you know, really 
it took me hours to make. But by the end of the week, I'm just like, yeah, I'm, I'm done with this for another year. Like, I'll come back to this recipe in a long time yeah. now just because I've been eating it for five days straight. Yeah, that's how I am, too. With like, I'm, I'm, I don't know how to really – I'm not super creative when it comes to making food. I don't, I, we've discussed this before. I do I not know. enjoy spending time making food. Um, but, yeah, I'd be like, oh, I've had oil, olive oil and pasta for my last four meals – or like I just get the same shit every time I go to the grocery store. Yeah, that's fair. I what mean, I, I, unless you're planning for it, it's really kind of hard to to shop creatively because you got to each recipe calls for a very particular thing. Yeah. So it's not like you can just randomly grab. When I grab, you know, chop. Well, not bad example. I don't know. Random ingredients. I can't think of anything off the top of my head. What I really need is a woman that enjoys cooking. Oh my That'll God. be a prerequisite of Were mine. you just, like, trying to just sort of throw a grenade? What do you mean? I'm not saying, I'm not saying a woman should cook. I'm saying I would prefer to find <laughs> one that enjoys it. Okay. That's fair. I mean, if it's if it's not <laughs> your strength, then find someone who compliments it. Yeah. And that's that's great. No, I mean, I... See, I'm, I'm the opposite. I'm totally... I love cooking for other people, so... I would be, I would be happy finding a woman who was uh, looking for a guy to cook. But when I was in McDonald's today, I uh, I walk in and on the opposite side of the door, the this other this little baby and this woman is coming in and I hear the kid say, "I want coffee," and she's like, "No, that was one time. And you only <laughs> had one sip." And this is maybe like a two year old, like just old enough to be walking around but still wearing diapers. Or, like, pull up, or whatever the hell is between not wearing diapers and diapers or something like that. And I saw this mother become increasingly upset with this child. And it was just, like, being a little baby, just kind of, like, walking around and doing... And it got to the point where it was... where um, If if you walked up, you'd think, like, oh, man, this mom's being... This mom is not keeping her cool. This mom is being mean like no stop it right now like the way that she would talk to this thing like you are not an adult like you are talking to a child this like you need to look at yourself right now because you look a little ridiculous and then it was really funny because i hear say uh over the counter like um excuse me would you mind making that again because i saw that you put your fingers in it and that's really disgusting and i was like oh no way this woman just called out this employee who made a mcflurry and had, like, stuck her fingers in there for something. Maybe, like, something got in there. Or, I don't know what it was. And she's like, yeah, sure. And uh, and then she made a new one and gave it to her. And she was like, yeah, I mean, I'm sorry to make you do that, but it's just really gross. And the employee, like, didn't care. She's like, oh, yeah, sorry about that. Like, And then when I'm here at this McDonald's, too, I, the, my, the other people at Ollie have been like, yeah, the McDonald's is really slow. And I'm there. It's, like, 630 there's not a huge dinner rush. There's, like, me and, like, three other people that ordered food. It's not crowded inside at all. The drive through isn't insane that I saw when I walked in. And I am waiting forever. And I first want to ask you, when you get fast food, at what point do you feel like you've been waiting longer than necessary? So How many my, minutes after your order? My time thresholds are if it's within... Because I'll normally get something like you get. It's, it's an equivalent yeah. meal. So I'll say... Like, within three minutes, I'm like, holy shit, you are fast. Right? Like, like three minutes? Yeah. Awesome. 
up to I'd say an average of five to seven minutes that? is is reasonable. It and if there even, you start to notice you start to that no- your food is not prepared yet exactly, and you're starting to look up at the monitor and all that. It's yeah, like five to seven minutes. You're looking at what time did I order this? <laughs> yeah, okay, good. I want to make sure. And yeah. then when you get to ten minutes, you're That's starting to un- be like uh, ten it's minutes. Got to be rush hour. Then, it's got to be rush hour. But in my opinion, ten minutes is. For fast food, even if it is rush hour, no one should be waiting ten minutes. That just completely, that just completely unless you're waiting for mozzarella screwed sticks. up. Unless you're waiting for mozzarella sticks, or you have a whack ass, a big order, or some whack ass thing where it's like I want one hamburger, only ketchup, another hamburger, like no ketchup or something stupid like that. I tended, but yeah. you, or, I order like a very simple. I order yes, a, yes. One of the the number number two. That means you should have it out pretty quick. Anyway, yes. It's taking several minutes. I'm just. I see. There's like six employees behind the counter, and I just see people like zero sense of urgency, zero sense of urgency amongst every one of them. And there's like three managers back there too. And I get it. It's McDonald's, right? But at the same time, this is McDonald's in Donata Square, Wheaton, which again, similar to Glen Ellen, is an affluent area. You would think that they would get on their ass and like get things going. And I can definitely speak on this because I have worked in food, and I know how it is. You know what I'm saying? But when you lack a sense of urgency, that fucks everything up. So anyway, I get my food. I'm like, okay, happy. Everything is fresh. But, okay, I'm going to vent for a moment because I just saw the way that they're preparing the hamburgers, too. It's like, again, you're just you're just slow. Why are you just get it done it's, so you don't yeah, have to worry about literally it. a patty and two buns yeah um little ingredients unless there's some mystical variable that i am completely unaware of please introduce me to this so i can understand why it is that you are fucking this up for me right now keeping an open mind that's um, good <laughs> you know uh but anyway then i turn around and i get my drink and there's just fruit flies everywhere at the drink station like just buzzing around and i'm just like this is fucking weird um that was like the only stuff that i uh witnessed at that moment was just lack of sense of urgency uh, employees sticking their fingers in something and fruit flies i'm just like all right well uh, and then when i was done with my mcdonald's meal and i walked back i was like yeah you know i'm good with mcdonald's Especially after walking in today and seeing that. Oh, my goodness. So I wonder, as you're saying this, I'm thinking to myself, the importance of checking, like, Yelp reviews or at least looking at the type. Because, I mean, those those tend to be pretty – even the Google the Google reviews when you go on uh, the maps and select – and it has the reviews. It tends to be pretty accurate and reflective of how the restaurant turns out, I found in my experience. Mm-hmm. And that makes me kind of want to do that all the time now. And – more than that, leave a review myself. Like, that kind of inspired me, because I'm thinking to myself all the times that I've gotten orders wrong for me when I order McDonald's in the past. There's no reason. I mean, a hamburger or something like that. How do you screw up a hamburger and give me, you know, (laughs) a burrito or something? I didn't order this. But when I was, um, when I was through the drive-thru one time like a couple weeks ago at the same mcdonald's i ordered like the same thing and i go in there and the i saw the manager that was there he's like a young guy in his early 20s like i don't know and uh 
I uh, I go up to pay, and he said, and he's so enthusiastic. It, 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 he made his personality made me want to uh, operate the drive-through because he says to me, he's like, "Yo, dude, someone just paid for your meal. You don't have to owe me. You don't owe me anything." Because I had my card out. I'm like, "What? No way." He's like, "Yeah, dude." Uh, the guy in front of you just paid for you. I'm like, are you serious? He's like, yeah, bro. The guy in front of him paid for him, so he just decided to pay it forward and pass it on to you. And I'm like, fuck, man. I'll just pay for the person behind me. He's like, bro, there ain't... He's like, bro, there ain't nobody behind you. There's nobody behind you. And I look back, and there's no one behind me, and we're both looking at each other like, yes! <laughs> like, it was just <laughs> so entertaining. Wow. He was just, like, so enthusiastic and so just, like... It was just great. It was a great experience. I think what happened was like the guy in front of me paid for me. The guy in front of him paid for him. And I think what happened was there was a guy in front of him. Yeah. So like everyone just wanted to pay it forward Uh for like several cars in a row. And I was like, and and he says to me, he's like, dude, there ain't nobody behind you. Look, bro, look. And I look and there's no one behind me. And I'm just like, this is a win. This is a good win for me. Because initially when he told this to me. I was like, uh, cool. I didn't want to, I was like, an opportunity to not pay for food? Okay. But then I was like, oh, you know what? I'm going to, I'll step up and I'll pay for the person behind me. And so I decided in a few seconds, when in the excitement, I was like, no, I'll, I'll go ahead and do it. And he's like, you don't have to. There's no one there, dude. There's no one there. It was so funny. Wow. I almost wanted to say hi to him. So I would say what up and see if he recognized me. But um, I didn't. I don't know why. But that's... It was that, really funny. That is a wonderful story. It was really, really, really funny. Good. Well, when did this happen in your progression of your McDonald's binge? Oh, this was at the very beginning. Exactly. Yeah. There you go. That's the reason why you had the McDonald's binge. You had such a euphoric yeah, high the from very this generous beginning. experience yeah. that you're like, the possibility this could happen. I just, I got to get more of this feeling. I mean, I probably spent just like the, the joy six, associated 12. not just with the fast food, but the experience of generosity itself. Why wouldn't you want to go back again five more times? Uh, because also, like, if, if you look at it from a different lens, like, oh, I've been getting McDonald's a lot lately. Oh, I've gotten McDonald's. Like, if you somehow quantify it, like, five times in the last two weeks, like, okay. But if you say to yourself, I've got to look at my receipts, but I've probably spent maybe, like, I'm guessing maybe, like, 30 bucks. Yeah. It's like, wait, I've spent 30 bucks at McDonald's in the last two weeks. That's got to change. i got to spend sure. zero you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just like uh, when you think like thirty. Someone has spent thirty dollars at McDonald's in the last two weeks. I don't know. It's a weird. I, I think that that's compared to some people, dude. That's not. That is not bad. No, not at all. But it's just like I've wasted. I what I've thought thirty dollars essentially. Like, yeah, eh, I'd be cool with five or six bucks. But I've been going to McDonald's somewhat regularly the last but I, few but weeks. But I feel like that's such a poetic experience, though, to, to open up this experience with, with you know, I feel, I feel like you sum up the emotional experience of the fast food binge with that, that initial, when you get your fast food that you haven't had in a while, for the first time, it's just, it's so good. It's such yeah. a great, refreshing experience. And that manifested itself in your drive through experience yeah. of getting a free meal. Well, and it's like, and then let me finish. <laughs> you're continuing as like you're you're looking to recapture that glory I, of the first experience time and time again. But then you come to a point where the truth of the experience reveals itself as you go in and you see what actually yes. happens as the fingers go in and the fruit flies buzzing around, and all it is is a rotting corpse, and you realize. 
it was just an illusion after well, all. Well, I it was funny because at the McDonald's in Glen, on Roosevelt Road in Glen Ellen, I went in there one time, like last week, and well, did I tell you what happened? Did I share this story with you? I don't think so. Again, it's not that crowded. It's like seven thirty at night. Not very many people around, and like the managers, the manager is just running around, like doing everything herself. And the girl who took my order is super sweet, but you can tell like the guys at the drive-through and the guy in like the kitchen is just like, just like slow, incompetent, don't really know what's going on. Like all of a sudden she's like, "I have five dollars in my hand. Where where did this five dollars come from? Someone tell me where does this five dollars come from? What is going on right now? So and so like." Come on, you've got to pick it up. Like, let's put some cups up here. Guys, when are the French fries going to be ready? She's just, like, running around doing the work of these other people because, like, they do not have a sense of urgency or or competence to to do, you know, several things at once. I do not know what the variables are. I do not know if this is their first job. I do not know if they're having a shitty day. I do not know if they're disabled in some capability. I don't know what the variables are. But it was just funny because I'm I'm – eating my meal, listening to this going on, just like, you know what? This is pretty entertaining. And I go up because I can't remember why I had gone up, but I see this kid standing there and he's kind of leaning over the counter, just kind of like, he's got like some money in his hand, kind of just like looking around. And I think to myself like, oh, I wonder if this child is being ignored because he's a child. Like he's a kid. He doesn't really want to speak up, but he's got the money in his hand. So he's just kind of like, I don't know, asking for, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. he's just being a kid in a grown-up world. And um, prior to getting my food at the same um, at the same location and same experience, same moment, I waited, dude, no joke, uh, I believe it was 16 or 17 minutes for my meal to come out. Wow. And um, what happened was this woman had ordered some food, and she's like, oh, is this... Um, is this my meal? I thought it was trash that someone had left like a tray in like empty boxes and it was like a display. But then this guy had ordered an ice cream cone, an ice cream cone, and he was waiting like several minutes for the ice cream cone, <laughs> which in my brain, regardless of the ticket number, if it's something that's real quick, just knock it out. The, the you machine's know? right there. Yeah, literally but it was just entertaining. Around. So yeah. I'm looking back and I'm thinking to myself like, oh, am I subconsciously going to McDonald's because I think to myself, oh, I wonder what's going to happen today when I walk into the restaurant. Yeah, yeah. The, it's not the, about getting the food. It's about what's going to happen yeah, today. That, that just the, the, the opportunities for entertainment yes. are just too many that literally anything can happen. Yeah. And with those sort of possibilities, something's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. That's that is quite a that is quite a journey that you had. A yeah. little excursion. But. Yeah, I think that's what I, I remember one time I thought to myself, like, walking in, like, oh, I wonder if anything interesting, because I got, went there, you know, the first time, great experience, and you always notice these little things, and I think to myself, like, what's going to happen when I walk in mm-hmm. today? Because another time, this is, I'm thinking about doing a bit for, like, stand-up for this, Ooh. but, like, when I'm in McDonald's, I'm sitting, like, recently when they renov- they do the new menu, they have flat-screen TVs, right? And I'm looking at this menu. I'm like, what do I want? What do I want? What do I want? Okay, I think I'll get this. Uh, wait, what the hell? What the hell? The menu, like, the menu just changed. What the hell just happened right now? It used to say, you know, what the price of was this, and then it just turned into a commercial with like yeah. the slow motion hand on the bun and the 
and the soda fizzing. Like, I understand McDonald's is good. That is why I'm in the restaurant right now. I do not need to be reminded of this. The you know the advertising has already been done. I'm inside the restaurant. I do not need to see the slow motion ice cream cone, you know, or like a smile. I just need to see what it's a little the more than subliminal. I need to see right the product and the price. I need to see my options. Oh, oh my gosh, there they are. They appeared again. Okay, dude, you know, I got about ten dude, seconds dude, you to took look too at this. Long. You had to wait for commercial break. Yeah, I I just like. I gotta wait. I got ten seconds now before it changes again. And the weird thing is, too, I've noticed like with the sizes, it says like it'll say small the price, and then it'll change medium the price mm-hmm. instead of listing the price, the three prices for small, medium, and large. You're getting super cute. You gotta like yeah. wait for yeah. it. Yeah, and then uh, it's like okay, I think oh shit, no, damn it, no, nah. I don't need to be reminded about your one dollar frappuccino. I need to see the menu again. So it's like these interspurts of being allowed to see what the menu is before uh, having a commercial mm-hmm. show up on their flat-screen TV menus. Yeah. It's okay. In, like, five years from now, we're all going to be ordering off of touchscreens anyway, so you'll you'll be able to take however oh much goodness. fucking time that you want. It was so funny. And then I'm noticing, like, the combo meals, one through nine or whatever it is, like, a few of them are highlighted yellow. I'm like, I don't understand. Why are these ones highlighted yellow? Do they want you to order these ones? What's so special about these? I don't... I don't get it. I don't yeah, get it. They, yeah. It's... Why isn't Super Size around? I know why, but still, I want Super Size. So I start thinking of like these random ass things when I'm in there looking at the menu because I'm waiting my ass off for them to give me something that should take five seconds. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, that's what's been going on in my world. Wow. Well, uh... Is it, so is it just McDonald's that you have these experiences? Trust me, bro. If there was a Portillo's next to that, I will. I would gladly. True. We I would gladly spend yeah. more money on Portillo's than McDonald's. The Portillo's is great. Yeah. If it was, but it's just the fact that it's right next door. It's right there. If there was a Jimmy John's or a Panera Bread or mm-hmm. a healthier option, hell yes, I would go there. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So the convenience factor really has you. Has the the market cornered for you? Yeah, and uh, I never had this problem before because Aldi and Glen Ellen. I mean, you have within walking distance like Jersey Mike's, which is across the street. So I'm not walking across the street. You have like noodle. You have this a couple other places like the noodle place. That's about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're kind of more secluded, so I just bring my own lunch. You know, which I bring my own lunch sometimes here, but also. Uh, I don't know. It's just that fucking McDonald's, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, you gotta you gotta do the golden arches every once in a while. Yeah. Just gotta do those lines. Uh, do you have? I. It's interesting because most people I talk to have one, but is there a particular restaurant that you find yourself getting sick at after you've eaten at? No. Really? So you're pretty much good with all types of fast food and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. Like a particular say, location? You, you or totally a, busted my theory. I'm kind of disappointed what? right now. Everyone right? has a particular... That, uh, well, there, there's the common theory, which is everyone of the big three, which is McDonald's, McDonald's Burger, Burger King, King, and Wendy's. Wendy's. It's the one, what, the one that you love, the one that you hate, and then the one that you're neutral on or something like that. That's the theory. It's like... Well, I stopped going to Burger King because they're more expensive than McDonald's and they give you and their french fries are smaller. Like suck. Like they give you less for your money at at Burger King for sure. Their hamburgers are tastier because they're grilled as opposed to just being on a flat metal pan. 
but yeah, um, Burger King is more expensive, and you don't get as much food as McDonald's. See, man, I'm an I'm an Arby's and White Castle guy. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah, Arby's and White Castle for my two fast food poisons. I haven't been to Arby's in a long ass time. Oh yeah, and it's been years. I don't think I've ever. I think I've maybe had White Castle twice in my entire life. What the hell, man? I just had frozen White Castle like a week ago. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Didn't have that. it. Didn't have as potent of an after effect as yeah. the fresh ones do. But dude, I can't believe you've only had White Castle twice. I mean, I think so. All right. Well, if I ever uh, get us fast food, I know what I'm getting. Okay, I'd be down. I mean, I don't mind it. I just don't think to go there because their advertising isn't in my face <laughs> as much as McDonald's is. I know. <laughs> Literally on the menu yeah. that you're trying to order from. Fuck. <laughs> you have I'm, to watch our ad. So stupid. So the hard I, part is already done. I'm already inside your restaurant wanting to give you my money. And now you have to do a slow motion. Ugh, whatever. Okay, moving on. Anyway, what else is new with your life? Um, not a lot. I mean, I don't really know. I don't really have a an update on yeah. anything. What, Nothing. I always thought you were going to say something. <laughs> I was. We we both opened our mouth at the same time, which made it a little awkward. Uh, another hurricane, dude, tearing through the South. This is this is so ridiculous. Maybe it is that I, this is the first time that I've actually paid attention to weather this year, but it just seems pretty crazy. The sort of hurricanes that we've had. Oh, what? Just the. What? I was about to say, what's the. What's the latest update on uh, on President Trump and his remarks towards Puerto Rico or any other area that has been hit by a hurricane? Not much. It's been it's been pretty quiet. I mean, right now the conversation is just drama between him and his administration. You have a United States senator saying, tweeting out this morning something about the I guess the White House babysitters were away, so. Trump was able to get his phone and tweet was his implication was like wow. he literally tweeted I guess the White House babysitters were at, uh, you know forgot to take his Trump's phone I did see on a video uh, of President Trump saying like pretty much saying like oh hey thanks Puerto Rico for screwing up our budget like we had a budget in place uh, for this type of for you know whatever our budget is for this area uh, hurricane in Puerto Rico happens so now we've got less of a budget to work with. That I'm just letting you guys know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're really you're kind of being an inconvenience to you're us really right now. You screwed up our budget. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He said that. And then in he he's saying, that. he said, like, what? Puerto Rico, you guys had, you know, 16 deaths. Katrina had, you know, a few thousand. So, I mean, come on. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't a real disaster. Yeah, he's really like, so, uh, you know, yeah. I, I get it, but come on. <laughs> that's, our, that's our guy. That's our that's our president. That's so funny. Um, yeah, so that's coming along. The uh, Mueller investigation uh, the, into Russia is is turning along, so that'll be interesting because they're interviewing people now, and it looks like the Senate is gone as far. There are six investigations into Russia going on right now. Really, six different investigations, and there's like two in the House, two in the Senate. Robert Mueller, and then the Justice Department. I believe are all investigating Russia's interference with the elections 
And yeah, the House and the Senate look like they've gotten about as far as they can. So now it's in Mueller's hands who's interviewing people and there could be criminal stuff coming down. But time will tell. Uh, I will, just because we're in politics for a second, I will circle back around to an interesting thing that I had read that I just wanted to, to touch on because I thought it was interesting. Okay. Was uh, with the the Harvey Weinstein set, okay. assault settlements. Uh, the... Well, you know Fox News, right? Had sexual assault allegation or sexual harassment issues with Bill O'Reilly and a couple other people. I did not know that. When did this That's happen? That's how Bill O'Reilly got fired. When did this happen? Uh, Gosh, it had to have been six to eight months ago, I want to say. But, yeah, it came out. Uh, so I think it might have been the New York Times again did a, a report on sexual harassment allegations made against Bill O'Reilly over the course of two decades and he was fired. Wow. Yeah. And then uh in the past in the past year, I think six Fox hosts have been fired for sexual harassment. Um I just want to let you know I'm not on Instagram, but I wanted to add to the topic, so I was looking to see if the whole Harvey Weinstein was in the news uh, or in on like the Google trending just to see if there was like an update on yeah. anything. Um, not yet, but I just wanted to let you know I'm not on Instagram. I well, am trying to contribute. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. I know that this isn't the most engaging conversation. But anyway, the the thing that I found interesting was that, well, Fox News, or it was disclosed that Bill O'Reilly or whoever paid out millions to these women in their cases from the Fox News, like all these half dozen anchors who paid out settlement money, paid it out to to women in the millions. Uh, you had Hollywood and Weinstein only paying 10% of that out to women for basically the, the exact same, if not worse, stuff. Mm-hmm. Only about eighty to 100,000 payouts wow. for silence. And I'm just like, wow. I mean, that's kind of shocking. Just from so in a settlement like that, like they're, are they when they do a settlement like that, are they after the settlement like, hey, this is going to be the settlement. This is the amount of money you're going to be making in, ex- in exchange. Like, if you were to ever tweet or try to do anything like this, then we can sue you and you can be in a crap ton of trouble. Oh yeah, got it. They can never say anything, which is why you had a couple, uh, some some woman who I'd never heard of, but apparently I guess is an actress, but she got a settlement of hundred thousand dollars from Weinstein and dropped everything. She tweeted out something like something very what is it nondescript it was uh to all those out there who remain silent you're complicit and that's all she said she didn't like hashtag it or anything like that but it was very clear that she she meant that but she could Mm -hmm. never say i'm talking about this yeah so somebody asked her what did you mean that in reference to she could never say she meant it in reference to that because she signed after her settlement she signed a non-disclosure agreement okay. that can she can never talk about that case or or the or anything relating to them again so and that's how they silence a lot of these people which is why it remains hidden for as long as it does is because they're legally barred from saying anything so no one ever finds out wow yeah interesting world we live in it is an interesting world and i just find it fascinating Sorry. um it's just interesting that the difference of payments I mean, millions versus tens of thousands. Oh, to be a woman. (laughs) Wow. 
Um, yeah. I don't have anything else. <laughs> I don't really have anything else either. I did I did have stuff on the NRA, but I'm not really You don't want to talk about it. We can't I mean we can, but it's more just me venting. Oh yeah. I'm listening. So, well, okay, so today and I think this was kind of predictable, but after the Vegas shooting there was this national debate on guns. Which happens every single time that there's the most mass, you know, the biggest mass shooting. We have another debate. And it takes up all, of, basically half of the Sunday morning talk shows. And me, as a podcast listener, and somebody who has a lot of free time on Sundays, uh, basically listen to, I'd listen to all the Monday, or Sunday talk shows to get a sense of what the general dialogue is. And so, it's so predictable and it's so very frustrating, this whole conversation about guns. And I know I talked to you a little bit about my friend, right, who has guns and maybe not. But the last time you talked to me about a friend was uh, the one who one who's like super right wing and says he's not a racist but makes racist remarks. Yeah, and has a Confederate flag tattooed in his arm. Oh, that was the same person? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so there's two features that, that really kind of frustrate me about this whole thing is, one, it always becomes a shouting match. It's always the two sides try to talk over each other. And for whatever reason, I can't really determine who's at fault more times or not. Because, it, it, I mean, I, I in my own mind, I'm thinking that it's, it's the pro-gun side that tends to try and make it a shouting match, but that just could be my bias, so I'm keeping an open mind as to, it could be both sides, whatever, but regardless, it's a shouting match, so you're not, there's no information communicated to either side. And then secondly, there's a disagreement about the fundamental realities and the, and the basic numbers, because you'll have, you'll have pro-regulation, pro-gun regulation, come out side, articulate, and talk about particular numbers, like statistics and things, that show how gun regulation means safer communities, ultimately, and less deaths. And then you have the pro-gun side saying, no, that's not true. And that's how it ends. Like, literally, they can present all of these well-documented cases and studies, and the other side says, that's fake news. And oh. that's all they have to say. And that's 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 their argument. Yeah. That's their side of the argument. That's false. So, we win. <laughs> And it's it's very frustrating because it's the exact same thing. And then the other the other facet of that is that you have these same individuals with these statistics and studies and all of this well documented research say, okay, well here's the problem, here's how it's been diagnosed, here here is the evidence, here is the evidence, and here are the solutions, potential solutions. Not going to fix all the problems, but fix. Way you know, decrease the likelihood that we have mass shootings again, and the response always is, "That's fake news, and you can't prevent all tragedies with these regulations, so we shouldn't do any of them." I um, I saw a video of I don't know who this person was, I don't know what uh, their title was in government, but they were speaking to. Um, it, it looked like it was a meeting 
of the House and Senate because there were a lot of famous faces in the audience that the camera cut to. Mm-hmm. I have no, I don't know who the person was that was speaking. Was it the State of the Union? No, it wasn't State. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what polit- I don't know politics. You know what I'm saying? Okay, um, that's fair. I have no idea, but it did not show a clip of the president. I'll say that. Oh, okay. anyway, so it was not the State of the Union. Um, and he said in the video, he's making the, uh, the argument for not necessarily, like, for guns or um, against guns, but just kind of, like, I don't really know how to put it. It was really, it was actually pretty um, insightful. He, was, he wasn't necessarily speaking on, like, like, no, guns are good or guns are bad, but more so, like, listen, we need to figure out, like, a way for people to for those who are responsible to maximize their um, use or right to use these weapons, and we need to isolate those who are irresponsible, not like just these generalities of pro-guns and against guns for a one-size-fits-all like community. Like, no, there are people who can use these responsibly, there are people who cannot use responsibly. And one of the things he pointed out was like, there's a law where like, uh, that what well, that's the people that some of these people who are criminals can acquire guns is because you know the people who are identified as um criminals by definition are people that have had like i think he said who have been convicted of three misdemeanors or a felony in the last five years so you could theoretically have someone who was maybe who's a felon or a criminal they were never charged or they had a felony six years ago and currently have two di- misdemeanors, so they can they by definition do not fit the term criminal. But in reality, their their um, lack of respect for the law and other people deems otherwise, and so they are able to acquire these weapons. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, we need to pretty much like wake up and realize that there are people who can use weapons and are people who cannot. It's not just like for everybody, pro guns or against guns. But like, no, we need to isolate figure out where it is that people who can't use them and who can. And I think that that, that what you just said sums up the third and most frustrating part about this whole debate for the democratic slash liberal side. What you just said right there is exactly the argument that the pro-gun, pro-gun side uses in, in, in their overall argument. Their argument is that they are pro-gun Democrats and liberals are anti-gun, and then there are people who are proposing common-sense solutions like you just said in the middle ground. That's their thesis. The reality is the solution that you just proposed is what all Democrats and liberals are proposing. That is their side of the argument. The side against the pro-gun lobby uh, people who are Congress people who are supported by the NRA and who do not follow these common-sense, their opposition to it is... None. They're, they can't. They cannot defend their position, and so they say it's pro-gun versus anti-gun, and that's that is their argument. That is fundamentally their the argument. The people who are pro-gun. You said the people who are pro-gun. Their argument is those who are supported by the NRA in 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 Congress, because the Republicans in Congress. Oh, okay, okay, okay. The, the, I see what you're saying. The okay, Republicans okay. in Congress. Okay. What what you just said. The the reasonable common sense middle ground path. 
is what Democrats propose, what liberals propose. That is exactly what they push. But the Republicans supported by the NRA say, no, that's not the case. It's either pro-guns or against guns. Exactly. Okay, I see what you're saying. And they're saying, no, that's not – and Democrats and liberals say, no, we we are proposing common sense, reasonable things like – like background checks for everyone. That's that's yeah. a democratic position that the Republicans oppose. And they say we oppose it because this can't be a pro-gun and anti-gun thing. Like we Black. let's and let's we should talk we should we should listen more to the people in the middle. He also mentioned say. too that and he 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 quote he um he brought up these statistics and numbers and he said, you know, he did it properly, you know, according to the FBI and according to this source and whatever the case is. Yeah. Um that deaths in the U.S. by assault rifle assault rifles only account for, or I think he said rifles in general, only account for like three percent of the I don't know what three deaths in the U.S. or something. But he was he was taking a number and he or of this particular deaths of this area whatever, you know what I mean. Yeah. But then he said like people there's more there are more people i think he said that get like beaten to death or killed by knives or are killed by malpractice in hospitals just mm-hmm. like oh we fucked up and now this person's dead more people die by that than assault rifles or something along those lines he wasn't trying to say like oh this so really it's not a problem he's like no it is a problem but let's just like in comparison let's um, yeah, when it comes to the sensationalizing yes. the issue, like, yes, gun deaths are horrible, but if you're comparing death to death, like, it doesn't matter the horror. Like, if you're dead, you're dead. Like, medical malpractice, if there's more medical malpractice cases, like, a dead person from medical malpractice is the same as a dead person from an assault rifle. Mm-hmm. Like, so if there's more issues with medical malpractice, then, yeah, that's a valid argument. Like, let's let's take on that issue first, realistically. Is that what you're trying to say? Um, I don't remember what I was trying to say. I was just trying to recall the best I could of this thing that I saw, which I didn't do that great of a job explaining. No, but, no, uh, I, I, I thought that you did a, okay. did a very justifiable posi- uh, position. And I think, yeah, it's it's a it's absolutely that that is absolutely the type of thing that that needs to be done. It's just it can't take place because he, of politics. Um, he also mentioned I don't know what the names are. Apparently there was I don't know how long ago this was, you would probably know, but there was a woman who had a concealed carry permit and she didn't have her gun on her because on campus you're not allowed to have guns, so she didn't have it on her and she was raped and that guy who had raped her went on to kill another person and he pretty much said like, well if she this responsible individual was allowed to carry their weapon, you know, he would have, this guy would have been killed or shot or put in jail and the death of this other girl never would have happened. But it didn't happen because this person who's a law-abiding citizen wasn't allowed to carry their weapon in an area where she probably would have needed to carry it, not most, but you know what I mean. Like on a yeah. college campus, there's always stories about people getting yeah. and uh, attacked, particularly women, you know what I'm saying? Oh, totally, just yeah. wackos. And it's like that people love anecdotal examples, especially especially the pro-gun sides loves anecdotal examples of saying, well, if you had enforced this law, it wouldn't have prevented this tragedy, right? If you had allowed her to carry the gun on campus, she wouldn't have been raped and this guy wouldn't have killed it. it and, and so if you're using that sort of argument, anecdotal examples don't matter. I don't – like I seriously don't know how many times I have to tell people this. 
not you, I'm not directing this at you, but just people in general who are like, well, there was this one guy who did this one thing, so yeah. obviously all guys do this one thing. Like, because of this one, you know, because of these one or two examples, this is how the world operates. It's like, anecdotal examples are not represent- representational. They are just that, anecdotal. Like, individual, singular events that don't represent a greater trend or anything like that, that are just anomalies. Yeah. And so, but people who use those anecdotal examples of this girl who should have been able to carry her firearm on campus, when you're dealing with those, it, they get into the details about those stories of, like, explaining the stories itself, and you've lost the main point, which is it's an a- anecdotal example, and it doesn't matter what the details are because it has nothing to do with the argument. So it's like nailing jello to a wall. Like, literally. <laughs> Just like, beep, beep, yeah. why isn't it sticking? And that is what is so frustrating about this debate and feels like nothing will ever happen is because literally we are just trying to nail Jello to a wall over and over and over again. And uh, <laughs> that's some pretty m- nasty Jello. <laughs> so perfect for Bill Cosby. That's so funny. Nailing Jello, put, Jello to a wall. Nailing <laughs> Jello to a wall. Well, yeah, this is a good time. I'm satisfied. <laughs> I am. I am sa- as satisfied as McDonald's. Yeah. Good. Gosh. Uh, Fly-infested drink fountain. Any I, closing thoughts? No, no closing thoughts. The only thought I have is like, I just, I just want to find a regular sign-off. I'm trying to like think of try to try to think trying to think of witty shit. How about stop putting holes in our table? All right. Well, and we're out. Don't nail Jello to a wall.